Well, good morning, Bridge City Church. Here we are in North Braddock. Come on, let's give God a great big hand this morning. Can you do that this morning? Wow, it's so good to be with you. And everybody's joining us online. Church, can we welcome our online people today? Come on, let's give them a big hand. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hope and pray that you were blessed by that time of praise and worship. I know I was. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, there you go. Come on. Hopefully you had a great weekend. You had a great, great time uh, celebrating with family and friends. And hopefully you have some room left in you for some of the Word of God this morning. How many of y'all have a little bit of room left for God this morning? How many of y'all have a lot of room left? Come on. Very, very good. Well, here we are. We are in uh, a series in Psalms. We are doing five weeks, five Psalms, and we are just taking different Psalms and just diving into it, going verse by verse. Um, How many of you have appreciated finding some hope in the midst of chaos? Yeah, come on. We live in a world that's, um, I don't know if you realize this or not, it's crazy out there. There's crazy stuff happening all around us, um, uh, politically, at the borders, all this stuff. I mean, if we have to live through one more verdict being passed down, is anybody with me? I mean, it's always just this tension. There's this tension that we all feel. And I'm going to give you my definition of fear. My definition of fear is this. It's the feeling that something's always chasing you. It's the feeling that something's pressing in. Now, how many of you remember way back when you were young? How many of you have a, a memory somewhere in there about that? Come on. And, uh, and, and how many of you are, like needed to sleep with the light on? Okay, there's a few honest people in the room. Come on, yeah. Yeah, not afraid of that. Like, like, just don't like it when it's dark, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, like sometimes, like, whether it's fear is real or whether it's perceived, you know, if there's a real fear or a perceived fear, fear is fear. So how can we have faith in, in the midst of fear? Because we live in a, in a culture where there's always something chasing us right now. Am I right? Do you live in the same world I do? There's something, there's, there's a, another deadline chasing us. There's, a, there's, there's more pandemics chasing us. There's more mandates chasing us. There's more of this and more of that. And it feels like something's chasing us. So how can we live with faith in the midst of fear? You know, and, and I mean, that's really the question that we're all like, we're, we're trying to, we're, we're, we're trying to like solve. And so before we get to Psalm 27, I want to jump in and just give you a working definition for faith. Okay, so what, like, what is faith? Because this is what we're all, like, we know that without faith, you can't please God. How many of y'all would like to please God? How many of y'all like to please God? See, if you want to please God, it's going to require faith. And so in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. So I just want to give you some working definitions of what is faith here. Faith, it's conviction, it's confidence, it's trust, it's belief. And, and when you have a confidence, that means you're standing under the agreement, this is going to happen. That's a guarantee, it's a title agreement that says, I know what's going to happen here. And we have insurance, there's an inner conviction that's focused on God. That's where we get, so so faith comes from the word of God. 
See, so if you ever pray the prayer, God, I want more faith. How many of you ever prayed that prayer? Come on, help me. How many of you ever prayed that prayer? So if you ever pray the prayer, I want more faith, the answer is we need more word of God. See, it's a real simple equation. If you want more faith, it's gonna take more word. And some people's like, God, prove yourself to me. And he's saying, I've already proven it, just read it. It's the title deed right here. You got it, come on somebody. See, this is the title deed. This is the faith that we have. And this is what we hold to here. So this is what faith, faith is first believing when I don't see it. Faith is obeying when I don't understand it. Faith is trusting even if I don't get it. Listen, faith isn't faith until you believe God, you trust him and you pray. You don't get what you want, but you still trust that he's a good God anyway. That is a working definition of faith. Because God is not just gonna give you whatever you want. Come on, is there, are there any parents out there? Do you give your children whatever they want? If not, we have a parenting connection group for you coming to a, to, come on. Yeah, come on, like listen, like you, you, you don't, but you, you give them what they need. So God's always giving me, he doesn't give me what I want, but he's always giving me what I need. See, so if we're going to have faith in the midst of fear, it's going to require the word of God. God is who he says he is. He will do what he said he will do. That is faith. Now we're going to go to Psalm 27. I needed to give you that working definition so that when we go in and talk about faith in the midst of fear, we have something to work with here. Now, now I, I want to tell you, we need, we need the, the word of God. And we need a relationship with God. That's the only thing that works. You know what I say? You know what I'd do if I wasn't saved? <laughs> I'd get saved. That's what I would do right there. I would. I would. Because it's, it's the best deal in town. God gets all my stuff and I get him. I get peace in the midst of the storm. I get joy in the midst of calamity. I get a confidence when everything else is being shaken. How many of y'all could use just a little more of that? Come on. Am I right? See, that's what we get in return. But it doesn't just come like that. We, 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 we have to get it. Like, listen, I'm a, I'm a pretty upbeat guy. I'm pretty high strung. And, uh, it, but, but, you know, occasionally, like, like stuff happens. You, 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 just this last week, I'm, I'm in the doctor's office, and I'm like, I just thought it was a routine deal. And, and before you know it, we're, you know, going to do a biopsy and do this. And you know, do you ever notice like doctors, they love to paint the worst scenarios. It's like a gift. It's like a gift. Like they get paid to do stuff. So if they find something, they got to do stuff. Right? And it's like, what? What just happened? You know I mean? That, that happens. And you get, you get an envelope in the mail or a note from the bank, or you get these things that, that want to seize you. And, and even even just this past week or two weeks even, just over, every now and then I can hear myself saying, I, I, I can't wait for just the holidays to be over. I found myself saying that in my mind. And that's, so, that's contrary to me, but I think it's just like the pressure of this world. It's the pressure of everything going on. that just like, I just want it to be over. But I don't want it to be over, but I kind of do. Like, are you with me? So, so let's... Let's just jump in here, and, and Psalm 27 was written by David, and David didn't have a perfect life. How many of y'all can relate? 
How many of y'all have a totally perfect life and everything's just, yeah, yeah, you're in the right place. (laughs) So David, but he was real and he was transparent and he was real with his emotions as well. See, See, many times we think as a, as a Christian, we have to bury our emotions, which isn't true. We do have emotion, but our emotions can't control us. Big difference. Emotion is a good thing. We need to have emotions. Okay, and so David was real. He was transparent. And so here it is, um, the first part of Psalm 27. Let me just give you a quick outline. You need to express faith so who your faith is in, expand your faith, experience faith, enjoy your faith. Okay, so these are the things that we're going to look at here. So Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Do you know what the Lord is? He's my nightlight. I know some of you don't want to admit you don't like the dark. Come on, how many of y'all remember back as a kid? You just needed a little bit of light and everything was okay. Am I right? It could be a nightlight, but everything was okay. Uh, you see, I'm going to see the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord, faith is my nightlight in the midst of chaos and darkness. Right? So he is my light. He's my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. See, David was admitting, David the shepherd boy who killed giant slayer to warrior to king to being a man after God's own heart, still had struggles and fear. Listen, it should comfort us. But he didn't stay there. He moved through it. The Lord is my light and my salvation here. See, I believe that David is acknowledging that God is the center of his life. In the midst of chaos and confusion, in the midst of maybe depression or anxiety or these things that weigh on us, God is the center of my life. He got this. Come on, you remember that saying that we we covered a couple weeks ago? If God got me, then he got this. No matter what your this is, God got it. As long as God got me, he got this. That needs to be our, our, our mantra through this time. This means to be what we, what we say here. Now, I believe that possibly David was referring when he said his enemies will devour him. Could he have been referring to when Goliath said, I'm going to devour you? Could it have been that he actually heard those words, I'm going to devour you? I'm going to take you out, 1 Samuel 17, 44. There's no defined time or clear reference here but in the midst of chaos, we need, to let, we need to let our praise go up. I don't know if you know this or not, but as your praise goes up, your problems go out. Do you know what some of us need to do? We need to just change the station. We got to change the station of what we've been listening to. You know what you need to get yourself? You need to get yourself a worship jam. See, I, w- I was in a dry place recently, and I, was, I didn't have, like, the song. 
Come on, I mean, listen, I'm encouraging you. You gotta get some worship music that's a regular part of your life. You're listening to in the car when you're getting ready in the morning and worship's there. And I, did, I was missing a song. So, so I, I texted uh, Nicole leading worship today. I was like, like hey, I, I, need, I need a song. And she gave me a new, a new album to listen to and it was like, oh, I got a song. As a matter of fact, I just keep listening to it over and over and over. It's about the power of the blood. It's about the power in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, oh, take that, devil. Mm-hmm. You can biopsy every part of my body, but I'm going to keep going up. I'm going to keep some praise going on. Come on. Are you with me? See, I got a song now. Mm-hmm. That's right, I do. I got me a song. You got to get yourself a song. So you gotta get something, you gotta get to a go-to. And I'll be honest, I, sometimes I listen to them all day, every day, until it like becomes an old song. And then I gotta get me a new song. See, some of you are listening to some old songs, and you gotta get some new song. Are you, are you, see, you gotta get to, see, the Lord is my light and my salvation here. He sets the tone here in verse four. See, that's what he's doing here. He was surrounded all the time. See, we're living in an even, there's a, there's a lot of talk right now about the seasonal dysfunctional syndrome. And, and, and everybody's talking about it this year. I don't know what's happened. Everybody's talking about like it, it, it's getting dark so early. It's like it never happened before. Everybody's talking to me, like, oh, it's just getting dark so early. It's like, have you been alive? I mean, it's like, this happens like the same time every year, you know, it really, really does. It, but, but it does affect us all emotionally different. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's like 6.30 in the evening. It's like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I mean, it's like, you just want to pull the covers up. It's like, is anybody else with me? Yeah. And this seasonal stuff creeps in, but if, we, if, if we're not careful, we're going to let the season control us rather than the word of God control us. And i got to go back and confess who my faith is in. My faith is in God. See, we just need to say it sometimes. My faith is in God. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to express who it's in, and I'm not going to be ashamed of who it's in. Isn't that good? See, express it. That's what worship does. When we were singing this morning, we were giving thanks. We were expressing to God, like, hey, I know who my faith is in. I know who I can trust. That is so cool. That should build you up. Okay, second, second thing here we see. You gotta expand your faith. You gotta expand your faith. Um, verse three, though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. So David moved from a place of like expressing faith and saying, okay, like I know my light and my salvation. Even though I'm surrounded Okay, I know where my hope's coming from. And there's a lot of stuff that came against David. Pursued by Saul. I mean, he was, I mean David did not have a perfect, simple life. He was, there was always people talking about him. There was always people saying things about him. But he had a faith in God here. Now, I'm going to make a reference now out of David into a prophet named Elisha. And Elisha was a prophet in the Old Testament. And so I'm going to jump from, I just want to give an illustration of what this looks like. 
Because we feel surrounded in our culture right now. We feel surrounded with hopelessness. We feel surrounded with there's no way out, that God's not, not, God's not coming through, so we have, to, we have to do things on our own. I want to speak to some people here today, right now, whether you're online or whether you're here right now, I want to speak to you. And there's people that are, that are about to throw away your faith because you're going to try to fulfill something on your own, and I want to remind you not to do that. No, you got, you, 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 you're, want, you're wanting to throw it all out because God's not there. And I just want to tell you, I, mean, I just want to tell you God's there. You, 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 may, you may not feel it all the time, but he's there. He's there. And, and you got to hold on to that. You know how, know why I can tell you that right now? Because I, I was, I just was going these, since we started this whole series in Psalms, I'm going through a lot of the times in my life that were really dark. And I was like, God, what got me through? And I remember recently, um, I was just going through this in my head, and I was like, oh my goodness, that's right. And um, uh, one, of, one of our kids was, was going through a time of, uh, they were like suicidal. And, um, and I have permission of theirs to share this. And, um, and uh, I remember sitting in the emergency room at Western Psych all night long from like 6 in the evening till early in the morning. And I just remember, I just remember, I remember what got me through. As the deer panteth forth the water, so my soul will longeth after thee. And I remember just humming that over and over and just like in my head, like God, in, in, you know, in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of confusion, in the middle of stuff going on, like God, I've, I've served you. I've done everything you've asked me. And why would this happen? Anybody here ever feel that way? But I'm going to tell you what I had to go back to. I had to go back to all that I can do is worship. All that I can do is honor. All that I can do and all that I will do. And so, soul, this is what you're going to do. You're going to bless the Lord even when it's down. Because everybody can praise God and be happy on payday. It's what happens before payday is what matters. And it was like there was no guarantees, but God got us through. And it was worship. It was the word. It was reminding myself that in the midst of chaos, we can have God. And we as God's people can live differently than those who don't have a hope. And it's okay to say, I go to church to be reminded I have hope. How many of y'all need reminded? How many of y'all need reminded daily? Yeah, and so, uh, and well, I got off. That was a really good story. I can't. I'm, I'm like, I'm lost. I gotta get back on track here. Elisha, remember that? <laughs> Elisha, I, the army is coming against him. All he did was speak out for God, and this king got really upset. Sent a whole army, and he was completely surrounded. He's a prophet. He's not even a warrior. He's not even in the army. But he's like, okay, he's completely surrounded here. And so the king, in, 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 in 2 Kings 16, therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning, and he went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Um, excuse me, Elisha, excuse me. Uh, what are we going to do now? Uh, 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 um, I don't know if you know this or not. There's a lot of people out there. So Elisha responds, don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Couldn't you imagine the servant going, 
Are you looking at the same thing I'm looking at? Could you imagine that coming like that? <laughs> You'd be getting behind him going, no, it's the same thing I see. <laughs> right? It's the same thing. I, I, I got it. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, chariots of fire, come on. See, we need to pray, and this is what faith does. This is what devotion does. This is what praise and worship does. It reorients us to see things from a different vantage point. Because we get used to seeing things this way. And really the prayer that most of us should be praying when we come to church and we gather together is God, open my eyes that I could see differently. Am I right? Because there's a fog, there's a confusion, there's a chaos. God, let me see what you're doing, even in the midst of what I can't see. Are you there? Look, you can read the rest of that story. I just, I just oh, I just love that one. Because we need our eyes open. Yeah, God opened my eyes, and that's what worship does. It reorients me. It hits reset. Worship isn't something we do here in the morning to get entertained before you get to the word. No, no, it's not, it's not meant to be entertainment. It's meant to be an importation from heaven for you. And I love it after worship services, people will say, Pastor, that, that was such a good worship service. And I was like, well, it always is if you participate. Where's my worship team at? That was your chance to say amen. No, it is, because when I participate, whether I'm feeling it or not, I get in alignment with heaven. And the problem is, as many people in this room, you're waiting for God to get in alignment with you rather than you get in alignment with heaven. And we're wondering why we experience the same old, same old. And faith doesn't become real. So we have to experience faith, verse 4. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This one thing I ask, this one thing I seek, I can't wait to go and worship with my brothers and sisters. I can't wait to go get reoriented. I can't wait for the Word of God. I can't wait for my small group. I can't wait for these opportunities because I need reoriented back in alignment with God. Come on. This one thing I delight, I take pleasure in, I cherish. For he will, uh, delighting in the Lord's perfections, meditating in his temple. Verse 5, he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach. Isn't it great? See, see listen, when you, when, when you have a devotion time and you have confidence in God, all this stuff swirls around me and you can say, that stuff can't touch me. That can't touch me. Because I'm concealed with him. My heart's concealed. My mind's concealed. My life is concealed in him. I don't know about you, but that's good news. That reorients your life. I can't see what's got, I can't always see what's going to happen, but I know what's going to happen. I'm going to be changed and transformed to be more like God and less like me. Isn't that why we're here? Isn't, look at your neighbor and say, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Come on. 
Verse 6, then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer praise sacrifices and shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Come on, worship is that thing. It's an expression of faith. That's what it is. Um, my wife and I, um, we, were just, we were just going back and we looked at our video of our wedding 32 years ago. And um, yeah, they did have videos back then, just for the record, yeah. It was like a big tape, yeah. And um, we got married right in this building right here. And when we got married, um, we had like 30, 35, I don't know how, like 35 maybe more minutes of praise and worship. And it was just like, that was just who we were. Like, it's like, we're just gonna worship God. And, um, and we were worshiping, we were, go- we were listening to all the songs, and all, so many of the songs come from, like that we were singing, came right from the Bible, right from Psalms or the Old Testament books. And it, and it was like, as we've been reading through Psalms, we've been laughing at how many Psalms we read. It's like, oh my goodness, remember that song? Remember that song? Remember that song? How many, like, how many are like, little old school like me? Come on, I see those hands. Get them up there real proud, that's right. Old school was a good school. Come on, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and there were a lot. And I, I think what's happened in a lot of our praise and worship, and, and, and thank God for our worship team, somebody. Yeah, um, they're very, very good at watching and, 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 and really picking out the great songs that really magnify God and really communicate. But much of the worship music in today's day and age, it's all about us. It's all about how I feel in the moment. And it's about what God want, I, what I want you, God, to do for me. Rather than, God, I just want to bow down and surrender and empty my life out for you. And, and just repeating. And, and, and listen, this isn't meant to be a, a judgment on that. What I'm trying to communicate is this, is that if we're not careful, we'll make praise and worship and singing all about how we feel rather than all about how, what, what, what matters to God. Right? Come on, you, you know where I'm going with my next statement. Some people say, well, I just don't like that song that we sing. And when it's a legitimate song, it's, it honors God, it, wors- it totally magnifies God. And I say, well, it wasn't meant to make you happy. It's not your party. If it was your party, I would ask you for your playlist. And we would play all your songs. Right? We would play all your, all your songs. I'd say, well, oh, you like that song? Yeah. But it's not your party. It's God's party. So we're going to sing songs that he likes. Well, I still don't like that. Well, I'm like, take it up with him. It's his playlist. Are you with me? And I think so often we're waiting for ourselves to be moved and, and so we can do something for God. And he's just saying, I'm waiting for you to move. It's like, it's like we're having a stare off with God. Who's going to blink first? Who's going to flinch? No, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm moving. I'm going to go. Are you with me there? See, word, word-based faith, and this is where I'm going, produces, what's it produce? Faith-based prayer. And if we have a word of God-based faith, it's going to produce a prayer. It's going to produce something great in us. So now the second part of the psalm, it goes from faith into prayer. 
It goes from faith into prayer here. Okay? And what we need to do is allow the word of God to baste us like a turkey. Just keep going over and over and over and over. And some people have gotten all dried out because they have not been basted with the word of God. Yeah. I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, the Word of God, and the, because when the Word of God's there, it, it, my, my, my perspective changes. How many of y'all could use a perspective change? How many of y'all know somebody else in this room that they really need a perspective change? <laughs> don't point, just look at me. Come on, don't you? Yeah. Come on, we, we need that. So, so let's go through the rest of the psalm. We're going to go through all the verses. Right? Are you tracking me? We need to remember who we, we respond to God. We're, we're, the faith remains faithful to God, all those things. And, and here we go, here we go, here we go. Verse 7. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. I want to let you know, everybody gets an invitation, but only a few people respond. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, see, see, David knew that everybody gets an invitation to go and experience him, but his response was, I'm in. I'm in. Count me in. I want all I can get. Right? It wasn't like, well, we're just going to see where this goes. You know, what if, you know, that's like Elisha. Well, you are surrounded now. Don't know what's going to happen now. No, 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 no. I'm in. Count me in. My, my response is yes. That's what I want. I want a strong yes. And so I'm going to respond to God in prayer. And I believe that God's giving an invitation to us as a church and us as a people right now that he's giving us an invitation to come and be with him. Simply be with him. Because being with him is more than enough. That's what really, really, really is. And then I'm going to learn to rely on God's presence through prayer. Verse 9, do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Come on, are you hearing desperation? Are you hearing the reality of our lives? Come on, are you hearing it? Oh my goodness, don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord's going to hold me close. Come on, there's some people in the room right now. There's some people listening right now. You need this right now. Because you feel like God's abandoned you. You feel like, you feel like you, you've been abandoned. And you feel like you've been left out. And God, is, God got your number. He said, ah, no, no, no. Haven't abandoned you. You know, David, who wrote this psalm, his name means beloved. Beloved. Isn't that cool? Beloved. But in David's life, 
he didn't always experience the beloved part. As a matter of fact, when they were coming looking for a king, his dad showed all his other sons to the one looking. And it was like, you got anybody else? And he's like, oh yeah, then there's David. He's out, he's out in the field. Now I want you to think about this. David was rejected even by his own father. Could it be this wasn't a metaphor or an, or an example? Could it be what is what he experienced? David experienced abandonment from his father. Many historians say, and I can't prove it with a chapter and verse, that David was born to a mistress. And he said in other Psalms, he was born in sin. But he didn't allow that to define him. David choose, chose not to be a victim. He chose that even though maybe I was born in sin, maybe I didn't have the best upbringing. Yeah, maybe his mother named him beloved, but then where is she the rest of the story? His dad abandoned, basically he feels abandoned. As he was like this afterthought kid. And I want to speak to some of you that feel abandoned right now. Some of, you in, some of you listening right now, you feel abandoned. You feel far from God. You feel like God's left you. You feel like, like it's hopeless. You feel like your identity is rocked and you're, you're struggling with your whole identity. I want to let you know that you're just like David, the one who wrote most of the Psalms who struggled with, with day in, day out, am I going to trust God for who he is? Will I believe him and will I obey when I don't understand? And will I believe him? But it doesn't matter. Your, your past doesn't have to define your future. God can define your future. I'm speaking. Am I speaking to your heart right now? Listen, I want to speak to you, and there's, there's things that want to come on you, and they want to tell you you're alone, and you're hopeless, and there's no hope for you, and or that you're okay on your own. You don't need any help. I don't want to be like some of those Christians that, that need an extra help or, or, need an, or have a, a crutch to lean on. I'm just so thankful that I have Jesus to lean on. I'm so thankful I have a proven word of God that I can lean on. I'm so thankful that I have him. And that even when I've been unfaithful, he's always been faithful. Even when I've questioned, he's never questioned me. And there's people here today that just need to hear that word beloved. You're his beloved. In the midst of everything going on here, God got me. Let's go on, verse 11. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Oh, there's a prayer. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. See, now we're going to rest in God's will. God, you teach me how to live. Teach me how to live, God. Come on, teach me. Come on, isn't that a good prayer? Not just teach me how to have a good Sunday morning, but teach me how to live. Are you there? Teach me. 
Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. One translation states, I would have lost heart unless I would have believed that I will see the Lord in the land of the living. Do you know what, know what helps us not lose heart? Is I believe I'm going to see his goodness. Even though I don't see it right now, I believe I'm going to see it. See, this is speaking to something inside, that there's a conviction that comes from this. And it's so, so good. David was saying this wasn't just a one-time thing. This was an all-the-time thing. Listen, you know what? Out of all the things I could help you do, this is it right now. I'm going to read the last verse in just a couple minutes, a couple minutes here. But I'm asking you every day. I'm asking you every day, every day, every. I don't know where you are with God right now. You may be far from God. You may be wondering where God is. You, you, you're, you may be close as can be. But I'm telling you this: the one thing I'm asking you to do is every day just sit quietly. Some, some people tell me, like, you're listening to too many YouTube videos. A YouTube video isn't a devotion time. I'm not anti-YouTube, I'm pro-devotion. Do you know what God wants more than anything else? He wants to just be with us. On Thanksgiving Day, I just wanted to be with my kids. I didn't care how much they ate, how much mess they did. I didn't care how much they cost. I just wanted to be with them. That's how your dad thinks about you in heaven. And if we want faith in the midst of fear, every day just get up and open a paper Bible. Like, if you need one, we'll give you one. I, studies show that when you read out of a book, you, you have better retention. Uh, every study shows that. So I just, just, just open it up. Read two Psalms. Go to the book of Psalms, the longest book in the Bible. Just read two every day. Just read them and just say, God, just show me. And then read another chapter. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Acts. I went to the New Testament. I've been reading through the book of Acts. So I read two chapters in Psalms and one chapter in Acts every day. Not to study it, not to preach it. I'm just going to read them because I need this in my heart. How about you? See, I'm convinced if we'll just sit with him, our perspective will change. God will start preparing you for things that will happen in your day you don't even know about. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. God will start preparing you, start speaking to you for things in your day that you, don't, you didn't even know were going to happen, but he did. I'm convinced we just got to still our hearts before him. Just God, here I am. Daily devotion, daily devotion, daily devotion. If you'll do this, I would say every day for the next month, I guarantee you, your perspective is going to change. How could, how could it stay the same? It can't stay the same. Let me give you a practical. Can I just give you a practical? Sometimes this sounds so hyper-spiritual. 
I just do this every day. I've just been getting up in the morning, just reading. Not for memorization, just because I want to spend time with Dad. I just talk to him. Just talk to him. And we're driving to work. Uh, last week, my wife and I were in a car. We're going to the office. And, um, and I just start going a different way. And she says, why are you going this way? I said, I don't know. I just feel like we should go this way. And she goes, oh. She goes, I, I meant to tell you. There's a, there's a huge accident the way we normally went. She goes, we would have been in traffic for a long, long time. I went. No, you, you say, well, that's just a coincidence. You can believe whatever you want, but my God speaks to me. If you'll just spend time with him, I believe the spirit of God will start working inside of you. But we got to give him something to work with. The Holy Spirit will remind us of the words of Jesus, but he wants to remind us of the words of Jesus, not give it to us for the first time. I want to give him something to remind me of. So we're just going to just read through the Psalms, just spend time with him. Just spend time with him. The last verse, verse 14. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, soul, wait patiently for the Lord. That word wait is to actively anticipate. That's not passively like, just come on, God, do something. No, 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 no. That's I'm waiting. I'm looking forward to it. Come on, how many of y'all are looking forward to Thanksgiving meal? Come on, how many of you are looking forward to that? There was something about it, right? There was something about it you were anticipating. Something about it you wanted. Something about it that you needed. And so you're looking and you're waiting, you're anticipating. And that's what praise and worship is. And that's what reorienting our life on the Word of God is. It's waiting. Come on, God. I'm waiting on you. I am going to wait patiently. And I'm here today to tell you to be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently on the Lord. And so what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do? Stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet. This is what I'm asking you to do. This is what I'm asking you to do every day. Read two Psalms. Read two Psalms and then one other chapter. Just sit with him. Sit with him. Be patient with him. Look to him. Come on, how many of y'all can do that for me? How many of y'all can do that? Good? Come on. Good. The next thing, in times of uncertainty, focus on what's clear. Oh, on times of chaos, remember my God. That's what's clear. I am going to raise a hallelujah in the midst of my problems and my struggles and everything that goes with it. That's what I'm going to do. And we look around at those with us, we look at the devil and say, I don't know what you're going to do. Well, I know what you're going to do in the end of time. You're going to bow down too. But until then, I'm going to make it a done deal. I have bowed down to him. Come on, somebody. And so just a minute, we're going to have an opportunity to raise a hallelujah. We're going to have an opportunity to just tell our, our, our heart and our face and our, our body, say we're going to worship Jesus for a little bit. 
But until then, I just want to offer you something, and I can't close without doing this. I don't know where you are with God. Maybe you're far from God. Your friends know it. Your mother knows it. Your aunt knows it. Everybody knows it. But you're coming to that realization that you and God are far apart, and it's not okay. I want to offer you a relationship with a living God. I didn't say all your problems are going to go away, but the strength to face your problems will be there. And so if you don't have a day, a moment, or a time when you began a relationship with God the Father through what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you, I want to offer you an adventure. I want to offer you this opportunity to an adventurous, joy-filled life where you can face the worst of times and the best of times with the hope of Jesus Christ. Now, my friends, that's a holiday season to remember. So if you're here today and you don't have that day or time, or maybe you did it a long time ago and you're saying, you know what, today's my day to come on home. Today's my day to reorient my life to God. Jesus Christ, forgiver of your past, leader of your future. He becomes in charge now, not you. You don't call the shots, he calls the shots. If that's you today, Real serious, real serious. Just look, just look at me. I want you looking at me. Look at me, look at me. This is the most serious thing I could ever ask any of you in all my life right now. This is it. If that's you right now and you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I know it's me. I want today to be my day. I need a day. I need to mark this day in time. I want you to boldly and proudly just lift up your hand and say, you know, Pastor, that's me today. That's what I want to do. I want to come back home. I want to come back home. Anybody at all here today, online, you can respond as well. Please respond accordingly. Anybody here today, don't let this moment pass from you. Don't let it pass. Don't let pride, don't let your person sitting to your right, to your left, anywhere. You just raise your hand, anybody at all, anybody at all. Thank you, Jesus. God, once, twice. Lord, I pray, Father, that next week at Bridge City Church, North Braddock, in all of our locations, there's going to be people responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I pray, Father, that people are going to be, be welcomed home into a relationship with God the Father. How many of y'all can say amen to that prayer? Okay, now this is what we've all been waiting for. We're going to raise a hallelujah today. Oh, that, that wasn't quite the response I was thinking about. Come on, how many of y'all ready to raise a hallelujah? Come on. So this is what we want you to do. I want you to get out of your seats. I want you to make your way down front. If you're at home, I want you to stand to your feet because we're going to raise a hallelujah in the house today. Beyond how I feel, beyond my fear, beyond any circumstance, I want you to tell your life, tell your body, we're going to praise God. So I don't know where you are. Maybe you've never raised your hands before. Well, then you're going to do the old hold the TV set deal here. Come on, move up, move in, move up, move up. Come on, make room for people. Come on. If I can't move you from there to here, we'll never move you anywhere. Come on. Come on. And maybe you don't raise your hands. I want you just to open them up just like this. Maybe this is where you normally go. Then I want you to T-Rex it right here. T-Rex it. Or maybe it's time that right now we're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. We're going to go to full surrender mode. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's begin to raise a hallelujah in this house today.